Hey everybody, welcome to Swedenborg and Life, where today we're going to be asking, does baptism matter? My name is Curtis Childs, and I'll be your host, and I'm super excited to have with me Chelsea Odner. Hey everybody, I'm happy to be here. And if you guys are happy to be here, don't be shy to like and subscribe. That's how the channel gets going. Um, this show we're doing here is, is trying to be responsive to what you all are interested in, because we've had in the past people ask about the significance of religious rituals. Do they mean anything? Do we really need to be doing them? So today, we're going to be looking at this topic, does baptism matter? And there's kind of these two, if, you, if, you, if you're at a party and you bring up baptism, hey guys, what about baptism? There's these <laughs> two primary extreme views that the people tend to have on it. But they One, always come up in a, conversation, a, yeah. What's that? They always come up in conversation, you know, at yeah. those parties. Yeah, that's yeah. well, the kind of parties that I get invited to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, the, but when, okay, when I'm at these parties that, that really happen, and I say, hey, baptism, um, they, there's these two extreme views. One of them is this sort of religious view that you've got, that baptism is this essential ticket to heaven. If you do it, you go to heaven. If you don't, you can't go to heaven. Right. And then there's this idea that baptism is just... It's it's nothing. It's it's fairy tales. It's it's magic. It's a superficial man-made ritual and it's it doesn't mean anything, right? Well, Swedenborg, as always, falls in between those in a fascinating way. Mm-hmm. He says that there's no external action that's needed for salvation, but a ritual like baptism can actually have real spiritual impact because of the correspondential symbolism in that ritual. Yeah, and they are, there are, you know, baptism isn't just only in the Christian world, even though that's often, I guess, in my life where we hear about it. You know, that's why I hear the word baptism associated with Christians being baptized, but there really are these initiation and cleansing rituals that are across all cultures. And, you know, in, in sort of the Christian baptism, there's like water on the forehead or full immersion baptism. There's also mitzvah washings, or you can think of like washing in the Ganges, that sort of sacred ritual. Right. And so these practices, I think they must exist and persist because they do something for the human psyche. And what Swedenborg would say is that there really is this spiritual significance going on. There's like spiritual impact that is happening when you are participating in these rituals and uh, so that's what we're going to dig into. Totally. It's very hard to get people to do anything, let alone do it across the world for thousands of years. So there's got to be something <laughs> right. they're getting out of it or just doesn't, wouldn't stick. Uh, yes. I mean, we're going to focus here today on Christian, the Christian baptism ceremony because Swedenborg wrote actually a chapter about just that. Yeah. And, and even though, you know, it's Christian baptism, but, you know, He's talking in those terms, but whether you're Christian or not, you can apply similar principles, you know, to whatever sort of religious or simply just, um, you know, meaningful ritual or ceremony kind of a thing that lines up with baptism. So Right. Yeah. It's describing some fundamental aspect of reality that you can learn and apply wherever you are. So his chapter is in the book, True Christianity, and it presents this deeper way to be that he believed you could be Christian, but there's this universality in it. It brings this 
this deeper significance to Christian scripture, to Christian doctrine, to Christian ritual. Yeah, and so at the time of Jesus, the baptism ritual was a new version of rituals of circumcision and washing ceremonies that exist in the Jewish tradition of that day and culture. And then similarly, the ritual of Holy Supper or uh, Eucharist communion that we're going to be exploring next week uh, was a new version of the ritual of the sacrifice of the lamb of Passover. So, uh, you know, the outer you know, substance of these rituals can change, and yet they're providing this container for the same kind of spiritual uh, symbolism and impact that's going on. Yeah, that's cool. And it's, it's a pretty important container, because Swedenborg says that these two rituals, the one we're covering today and the one we're covering next week, quote, contain everything of the internal church, unquote. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> and the internal church being the state of heart and mind in you that lets you enter heaven. So it's like, yeah, let's learn about them. And why, the reason why they're, they're so important, or why there are these containers for such important things is that they symbolize the two crucial elements for pursuing the union with God that we would call heaven. There's the initiation in baptism and then the renewal in the Holy Supper, like you mentioned. Yeah, so it's let's so interesting. Explore... Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, just, it's so interesting to me that Swedenborg, you know, takes uh, that, that sort of all ritual, even though there might be so many different forms of it, they sort of are essentialized into these two main categories where there's initiation and then renewal, and that those are sort of cyclical. Uh, and and so it's, I don't know, it's just interesting to think about how there's those two, but then they, they kind of encompass these sort of universal uh, aspects of, of anyone's journey. Totally. Yeah, you could, I'm just thinking if you could time travel into probably almost every culture that's existed on the planet at any time period and say, hey, w what does everybody do about initiation? What does everybody do about renewal? There's some corresponding part of, of culture and society and religion and everything that, that deals with those, because those are just like these fundamental themes, that, and we deal with them as well. They're, they're all over in nature. I'm just thinking about it's just starting to be spring here, and you see the renewal of the, the plant kingdom, and insects are coming back. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, yep. That's great. Well, so if, if these rituals mean something, and let's, let's focus into the baptism here, because they connect with their interface with these two key elements of the, the, the relationship with God, let's take a look a little bit at the power that can be in these rituals and how it connects us to these deeper realities uh, that Chelsea was just describing. The power in ritual. So in the new church, which this is something that Swedenborg describes as coming down the pike for the human race, it's, he calls it the new church. What it is in its essence is kind of like a new era for human spirituality, a new movement, a new state of being even in the way we think and feel about stuff. All uh, ritual practices in this new church mindset are what he calls internal in nature. So it means when you do them, you have a sense of what the act, the outer act that you're participating in represents on the spiritual level, because the, everything in the physical world can correspond or represent something that's going on in the deeper spiritual levels of things. So it can't just be an empty outer ritual. 
that, that doesn't actually change anything just because you moved to a certain location, did a certain move. The ritual has to have some kind of meaning to you in it anyway. And the ritual also, as we're saying, it's not essential to salvation, right? It's the inner process that the ritual represents that really mm -hmm. matters. That is where the action happens. But, so why are we even talking about it? Well, if you have the, but if you put the two together, if you have the outer action alongside inner intention, then that actually does have real spiritual ramifications to it. Yeah, and so that adding a higher intention to the baptism ritual, because that's what we're talking about this time, it, in that case, it really does shift your spiritual company and anchors your spiritual journey. And so in baptism, you're making a commitment to a spiritual path. And so the act itself is a symbolic picture of the journey that you're beginning. And, you know, not everybody is baptized when they're an adult. A lot of people get baptized when they're a baby. And so Swedenborg even addresses that and says how when babies are baptized, the parents are having the intention, you know, having that, making that intention on behalf of the child. Right. And then later the child uh, makes his or her or their own choices, but that that, uh, that still has an impact. Participating in this outer action with intention, um, yeah, like you said, has real spiritual ramifications. And so Swedenborg writes about this in True Christianity 670, where he says, the washing called baptism means a spiritual washing, which is the process of being purified from evils and falsities, and therefore the process of being regenerated. Like that just sums it up. And, and actually you may have noticed in that quote, every word pretty much is capitalized. And yep. that's because it's one of Swedenborg's headings. Um, and so sort of jumping on the, the Swedenborg, you know, context for a moment, um, there, that is an interesting evidence of the style of composition that Swedenborg would do that we actually are going to be exploring in this week's podcast episode on Sunday, the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast. So you can hear uh, Dr. Jonathan Rose talk about why all the capitalized letters, why these super long, you know, paragraph long headings. Um, there's a it's, reason. It's kind but, of like built in yeah. cliff notes. Yeah, exactly. You could just read all the headings. That's kind of what it is. And this one is a good example because it just encapsulates like, yep, this is what baptism means. Like what is uh, spiritually represented. And so that washing of the body that we do in baptism or even just, you know, symbolically putting some water on the forehead, that doesn't actually cleanse our spirit, but it really does represent in a correspondential way, the cleansing of our spirit. And it, that's a, bigger deal than it might sound like because representing through correspondences actually has real power in in this spiritual world. This can really get something done. So every element that you have in this baptism ritual has some kind of spiritual significance. So water, obviously there's water in baptism, and it's part of the ritual because water is this correspondence with truth. So what water does in the physical world truth does in the spiritual world. What water does for our bodies, truth does for our spirits. So mm. water can purify us, and that's internally, and then the truth can purify us, or I mean, externally, truth can pu purify us internally. And when we have both levels of us engaged, the body and the spirit, so intention and physical, then we can draw on the inner self in the outer 
action, which is super cool. This is True Christianity 672. The inner self flows into the outer self and produces the effects sought by the will and the intellect. The outer self does not flow into the inner self. A flow that goes inward is unnatural because it goes against the divine design. A flow that goes outward is natural because it follows the divine design. Yeah, so that inner to outer is what Swedenborg describes as this, that's the divine design. The outermost level is this container and foundation for all the inner stuff. Uh, but, you know, so there, so in a ritual like this, it's more than just, well, it's meaningful for me, or I did it this way because I wanted to. Like the, the elements, there really is a correspondence going on when you have that inner and outer level aligned with intention. Yeah, that's why there's there's baptism, even in different forms that it takes, rather than just anything. Why is this particular form endure, and why does it have this significance? So, when yeah. you're making this alignment, I, I understand that this is going to be about you know me connecting with God, and I'm going to do this external thing that features these key elements, water being one of them. Then there's three main functions that the ritual of baptism enhances. First, you've got commitment and connection acknowledgement, and then transformation. So we'll unpack each of these in turn, and we'll start with the first function, which is of baptism, which is about creating spiritual connection. Yeah, so any kind of initiation is a sign of belonging, you know, a symbol of that coming into a certain group and being connected to a larger community. Yep, and Swedenborg talks about the first function of baptism in True Christianity 677, and this is, this is very Christian-centric language, but as we said before, this is something that you're going to be able to, if you are living a Christian lifestyle, then it's going to apply easily. But if wherever you're coming from, this is something that should describe this universal process of initiation and belonging to a group like Chelsea was talking about. So he says, the, and this is again, our mighty capitalized giant title. The first function of <laughs> baptism is to bring people into the Christian church and at the same time, bring them into the company of Christians in the spiritual world. So how's that for it's doing something more than what we're seeing externally. Yeah, it really is changing your spiritual community. And so you can think about it oftentimes in a initiation or baptism uh, ritual, you have at least some witnesses during the ceremony, and that is connecting us to a real earthly community. Uh, but there's this element where it is establishing like coordinates, you know, like making these real spiritual connections uh, in, in the spiritual world. Yeah. What are those things that they're, they're just about to release for cell phones where you can put like some little sticker on your keys and then from then on your phone can find your keys because it knows, oh, this is, these are my keys. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I think that's, that's in the works. So it's kind of like a spiritual version. Even more, that. we're getting more and more like the spiritual world. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a great time to be alive. <laughs> so here's the broad application of that in the spiritual world. It's not uh, a Christian association based on earthly organizations or allegiances because 
that you you can be in a, a church group with with someone, but you can be totally on different pages spiritually. It's 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 a shell right. that it has to have meaning put into it. So it means Christian when Swedenborg is talking about it as uh, the way in which you approach God. So a spiritual idea, uh, one that's more about what's in your heart and mind of what it means to be Christian. Right. It's sort of like I don't know, co- cosmic Christian or something, and. Uh, yeah, so it does really connect us to the spiritual community. And and he even, you know, I'm going to share this quote because he talks about how it affects your um, angel company. And he's saying this in terms of uh, babies, you'll hear, but it really applies to anybody. So this is True Christianity 677. He says, in the heavens, baptism has the added effect of making the babies who are baptized on earth part of the Christian heaven. The Lord assigns angels from that heaven to take care of these babies. Therefore, as soon as the babies are baptized, angels are put in charge of them to keep them in a state that is receptive to faith in the Lord. And this is really, this goes for any kind of that, you know, initiation or confirmation that could be in any tradition. And so then as the children grow up and become independent and able to reason for themselves, these protective angels of theirs leave them and the now grown children draw to themselves spirits who have the same life and faith as they do. And so that it's interesting to think about how, you know, it feels very obvious how that could be true for babies because there really is this, you know, innocence that babies have. But something like that is going on for us, even if we decide to get baptized or join a certain community um, as as an adult you are really getting connected with, uh, you know, obviously earthly people that you're meeting, but also there are spiritual associations and like ties that are getting made. Yeah, I like Swedenborg saying the word babies so much in a, in a quote, it's just so cute. <laughs> We're gonna talk <laughs> yeah. about these complex spiritual processes, but you think about actually a baby, oh, that thing is, is among this, it sounds like among a certain uh, group of spiritual companions just for this this while you're in babyhood while while you don't really think for yourself much and then once you get past that you start to draw people to you who actually fit with what you've developed but uh, it does seem to have this big impact on your early childhood and is this part of why religious traditions do tend to carry so much in cultures because it you kind of have this you're connected to that, the heart of that religion in, as it's practiced in the spiritual world, you know, as you're, as you're growing. So if we're thinking of baptism as initiation, there's, you know, there are tons of kinds of initiations in all religions. And it's a process also that, as we alluded to before, is embedded into the whole world of nature. You don't have to look at religion. You can just go look at a field. Baptism (laughs) is this beginning, right? It's a step of intent, or we're going to start this path, but it doesn't have the substance to it yet. It's just an, an intention. It's a first step in a process, of, and the process is awakening to goodness and love. This is the beginning of transformation or regeneration, and this is something Swedenborg compares to a ton of stuff in the world of nature. Yeah, and that's that's what I just love about it is like, you know, and this is what you get in Swedenborg a lot of the time is something isn't just like, well, this is the way it is. So, so there, you know, it's more like, does it make sense that is there, you know, 
why would there be this recurring thing of baptism or initiation rituals and like for it to be kind of really true and i know we've talked you know in that chasing swedenborg about like is it true is like it has to find grounding in reality itself and you know so just the natural world is if you can find it in the natural world then there's some sort of a spiritual counterpart um going on and and so here's just a, some of the things that swedenborg says in the natural world reflect this you know uh this baptism but really the whole journey that the baptism represents which is yeah like curtis said our process of regeneration uh he summarizes this in true christianity 687 but he says it's the flowering of all things on earth in springtime like th there is that going through that cycle where um plants are dormant and then they start to flower so that's that beginning and and then even the stages of development that plants then go through as you know the as it gets warmer and and then they start to create fruit and then that fruits development is itself this there's a beginning and then it continues all the way to you know having ripe fruit and uh, interestingly he describes it as like the radiant colors of the sunrise so you think about that coming out of nighttime and into dawn uh, that there are these beautiful colors and uh, also the constant renewal of all things in the body like you could spend a lot of time with each sort of different uh, organ system and uh, think about how where is the initiation in that where is the renewal like we're saying these two main um, sort of universal rituals and another example he gives is the transformation of silkworms uh, you know and or any kind of grub or caterpillar becoming um, nymphs or ultimately butterflies uh, and and he gives even more so he really goes on a fun riff in this number about the ways that you can see baptism in the world around you yeah and the, some of those are very different kind of phenomena but i was thinking as you were reading over those if you put visual images of all of those in a montage in a row like them happening and set it to some nice music that was hopeful and like a beginning immediately emotionally you'd get that those things are in the same category but that mm -hmm. would be a very cohesive piece of footage even though the mechanism of a rainbow is much different than what's going on in the renewal of you know your organ system you can there's yeah. some kind of emotional connection there yes all right, so we, we've got this initiation thing. It's something that's it's universal, it's happening, it has a spiritual impact on us. We see it represented and attested to in everything, basically, in the physical world. So let's move on now to the second and third functions of baptism and what they mean. Beginning of a journey. Let's talk about the second and the third functions of baptism. And these both have to do with beginning this grand journey of getting to know God and developing this relationship with God that brings us into everything we're looking for. Heaven, happiness, belonging, peace, all that. So worth pursuing. And these two functions are going to get us the rest of the way to starting that journey. The second function Swedenborg describes in True Christianity 681, where he says... The second function of baptism is to allow Christians to know and acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ as Redeemer and Savior, and to follow Him. This second function of baptism follows baptism's first function, which is to bring people into the Christian church 
and also to bring them into the company of Christians in the spiritual world, as we just talked about. Mm -hmm. What would the first function be if it were not followed by the second? Those who were baptized would be Christian in name alone. Yes, and that name, you know, that that's uh, an interesting phrase for Swedenborg to use there because he is all about pointing out that, uh, you know, being baptized into the name of Jesus Christ really means something more than just, again, that outer action or saying certain words. In uh, True Christianity 682, he says, the name of the Lord does not mean just his name, but also means acknowledging that he is the Redeemer and Savior, obeying him and eventually coming to have faith in him. And so this, uh, the meaning, the beginning of a relationship is really uh, sharing goals and having uh, an intention about the same kind of qualities. And that's that kind of intention and putting it into act is what begins us on this process of regeneration. Getting in sync. God is already there, and we're just trying to get it to where we at least share some goals with, with divine love and wisdom. That's great. All right, so the third, the third function then follows from that, which Swedenborg goes into in another long title. The third function of baptism, and its ultimate purpose is to lead us to be regenerated, as Chelsea just alluded to. This function is the ultimate reason why baptism exists. This is its goal. So why are we here putting water on our heads? Yeah. It's for this. For one thing, true Christians know and acknowledge the Lord, the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who, because he is the Redeemer, is also the Regenerator. That's a cool sounding title. I am the Regenerator. Yeah. We, we don't use hear that water in baptism, but it is said in the Bible that the Lord baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This is, okay, what is the Holy Spirit and fire? This is the internal process. Yeah, and so thankfully, you know, Swedenborg doesn't just leave it there, but goes into what it means to be baptized by Holy Spirit and fire. And uh, this is how he explains it in TC 684. He says, the Holy Spirit here means divine truth. So that's interesting uh, because we have a show on how to understand the Trinity that talks about, well, how does the Trinity make sense in, in the one God? What's the Father aspect, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Um, and one of the ways he says Holy Spirit is that it's the divine proceeding, you know, like the, the Lord working in your life. Um, and so interesting here, the Holy Spirit written in the text is meaning divine truth, which has that sort of capacity to do work in us. Um, so he says it means the divine truth that is related to faith, the fire means divine goodness that is related to love and goodwill, and both emanate from the Lord. It is through these two things that the Lord carries out the entire process of regenerating us. And so that's what we're coming into a relationship with, really, is the Lord's divine truth and goodness, that love and wisdom. Um, and so all of that is contained in this, you know, little outer looking ritual process of baptism. And isn't that, it's just hitting me that that, isn't that John the Baptist that says, that we're, we're quoting just earlier, where it says, I'm, I'm baptizing you with water, but someone's coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit yeah. and fire. Right. Isn't that little quote, the, the description of the whole process of baptism, 
like chronologically, but also spatially. When, when we're here doing the water, someone is coming, or the Lord is coming inside of us to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire as we live that uh. out. That's cool. It's right sitting yes, right there. Yes, it's right there. It's written into it. Like that this is the beginning. You know, there's this and it's representing something bigger. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And so so we get baptized, the Lord comes and helps us out. So obviously the yeah. Lord doesn't need to get baptized. He already is. Oh wait, what? <laughs> Jesus gets baptized? What's that? Yeah. yeah. Why did Jesus get baptized? Famously, uh John the Baptist. Uh, living up to his name, baptized Jesus. So what? why that? So Swedenborg talks about it. The Lord himself was baptized by John. He gives a couple references in the Gospels. Not only so as to institute baptism for the future and set the example, do as I do, not as I just say, but mm-hmm. also because he glorified his human nature and made it divine in the same way that he regenerates us and makes us spiritual. So yeah, wow. God was a, a real trailblazer there. If you want to see more resources on how, that's a pretty interesting thing. If I were you, I'd want to know a little bit more about it. If you want some more resources on that, about how Jesus' life forged this path for our own lives and process, we've got you covered uh, our show, Why Jesus Was Born. And we did another one called Why Did Jesus Come to Earth as a Baby? Yes, we got the word baby in there again. The <laughs> psychology of Jesus, and then why did Jesus suffer and die? A lot of questions about if God is going to have a life, why do it this way? And a piece of that puzzle uh, is, is this baptism angle. And you can feel free to, after this show is done, check out those episodes. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about what a strong, you know, uh, community you know, there's the denomination of Christianity that are Baptists and that they center their faith on that, uh, on baptism, even, you know, in that, in the name of their denomination. And so that that's like, you know, uh, that it's cool because from my perspective, you know, that baptism is this anchoring of this correspondence of how, uh, it really does encapsulate this whole larger process that we're all, you know, uh, invited that the Lord wants to work in us and go through this transformation and this regeneration. And so those three functions that we talked about, um, are commitment and connection, acknowledgement and transformation. Like those are really the, uh, what baptism is representing that it's doing in us. Yeah, that's that's a nice comprehensive summary of what yeah. So why are we? What's this all for again? We've got our we've got those things, and actually, those things are almost like a one thing because they work yeah. together really carefully. This is, Swedenborg describes this in True Christianity six eighty five. The three functions of baptism work together in unity. Wait a second, are you saying there's a trinity inside baptism? Work together in <laughs> yes. unity. As the first cause, the intermediate cause or means, and the last cause, which is the result and the ultimate purpose of all that went before. Oh, and purpose, means, and result is something that's more, even more universal than all the nature examples we gave before. That's in everything. Right, so of right. Course, of course, that'd be in baptism, too. The first function is to identify us as a Christian. The second function, which is a consequence of the first, is to allow us to know and acknowledge the Lord as the Redeemer, Regenerator, and Savior. So we're, we're getting sorted, and then we're understanding why we're here. Yeah. And then the third function is to lead us to be regenerated by him. Then we're actually going to go and 
do it. And when that happens, we are redeemed and saved. Uh, you got to have all three of them. And again, when he says redemption, Swedenborg would use the word uh, in other places, regeneration. When angels, angels hear about baptism in the word, because Swedenborg says that there's this, there's a level at which angels are able to interact with that same text, but they don't think about baptism, they think about regeneration. So it's actually the most exciting subject there is, because it's getting people happy to the greatest extent they can be. So I would think whenever that baptism comes up in the Bible, angels are like, yeah, go for it, baptism, but in whatever yes. word means regeneration in angel language. So like that went through, you know, that community or creating community acknowledgement, transformation, like how do we engage with these, you know, three functions in our own lives? I think you can think of it as like, uh, you know, the first step is that making that commitment. So that's like us turning away from evils, you know, practicing repentance, changing our own spiritual community. You know, even if you don't have anybody around you, you can be doing this inside your own mind where it's like, I'm going to choose this spiritual community, like the spirits that are associated with these kinds of thoughts and not the sort of, you know, whatever, self-hatred or other kind of uh, negative thoughts that we can be under attack, you know, so often. You can almost and really, feel that. Yeah, go, you can, sorry, but you can almost like classic like Zoom interruptions, but... <laughs> I was just going to say, like, when you describe it like that, in my head, I've got these different communities. If you start to just go into your mind and just listen throughout your day with this idea of we're connected to these different communities, you can almost, like, feel the vibe of each one. Oh, yeah, this is definitely somebody who's from wherever. This is, there's just a, a, a certain flavor to the tone of certain trains of thoughts we get on. So I could totally see, like you're saying, dividing it out into, well, I'd like to spend a little more time in this part of my mind and a little less time in this part. I love it. Yeah. And that's the, like, you can make that, it can be really powerful to sort of really have that aha moment and make that choice for the first time in your spiritual life in like a really conscious way. And that you can almost think of that as being like your baptism because it's like, that's your, I'm going to do this, you know? But then of course, anybody who's lived that, it's not like, well, I did it once and I'm done. You're going to have to keep making that commitment over and over again but there is that power to that first step and and then you know we we often do that as of ourselves but then we the next part is like um that acknowledgement is sort of the beginning of oh i'm not alone in this the you know the divine is really on my side and working with me and that's something that's something that exists that I can make a relationship with. So that's that acknowledgement. And then the transformation is like, then you've got this partnership you're growing in and then you can really be empowered and start to live from love and continue to bond with God through that relationship. So uh, it's really fun to think about how sort of expansive the you know principles are that are within this one ritual. I love what you said about the turning away from a particular negative train of thought. That's like your micro baptism that we can yeah. be doing this whole process multiple times a, an hour where we say, I, I'm, I don't want to be there. I know that I can't stay out of there without God. And now let me put in the work to try to, I love it. It's like, yeah, this little 
little baptisms, just like all these, you know, like a bunch of little flowers all blooming in the field. <laughs> yes. The stuff doesn't happen in isolation. It just happens over and over and over again. So that's so cool. That's awesome. So that's it. That's something that, that we've got we've connected this. I think we've done our job and we've connected this timeless human religious ritual to the stuff you can do right now when you when you click away from this show and, and do every day uh, and the, the sort of the marriage of the two and that that's what it's all about and that's how you yeah. can use this ritual to say well I'm gonna come here and go through these motions and that gives me a an anchor so that when I try to do the inner work of baptism we were just describing you can remember you can take structure from you can be motivated to continue by this outer ritual and that's this like really powerful combo. Yeah, and I think it really does sort of bring up the question of if baptism sort of encompasses everything, then why do you need that other one? That other one that we might call Holy Supper or communion and stuff. And uh, so it'll be, yeah, interesting. I'm excited about exploring that. I, I can't believe you thought of that just now because this is the time to segue in to like, <laughs> what, what is the, what are we gonna be doing next week? We're going to be talking about the partner to baptism that is the Holy Supper. And, of course, we'll look into the spiritual level of that as well. And I hope that all of you can join us for that. Did you like the show today? Do you like anything we do? Please go to offtoleftdie.com slash donate. We're a not-for-profit. So that's the only way we can do what we do. Hey, uh, and we've got a lot of great programming coming up. We hope you'll stick with us and uh, keep on learning and applying uh, what's, what's external to what's internal and getting this cohesive whole. Chelsea, this was really fun um, getting to hang out with you. Totally. I, super fun. Looking forward to doing it next time. All right. We'll see you next time uh, for our show, How Spiritual Communion Works. Mm-hmm.